following program was paid for by Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialists. The views and opinions expressed on Answers Live are not necessarily those of the staff and management of the station. Management has not investigated the claims made during this program. The views and medical recommendations of guests on Answers Live are not necessarily those of Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialists. As always, consult your health professional regarding any medical decisions. Welcome to Answers Live, your community medical connection, making a partnership of good health. The studio lines are open for your calls and questions. Call 973-267-9687. Now, here's your host, Tom Wood. Good morning and welcome to Answers Live, your community medical connection, creating a partnership of good health. I'm your host, Tom Wood from Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialist. We are the largest subspecialized neurosurgical group in the state of New Jersey, uh, providing back care, brain tumors, and neurosurgical care to uh, the community. Let me give you some important uh, numbers, uh, as always, every week, so get your pens and pencils ready. Um, to reach us at ANS, it's 973-285-7800, and our website is ansdocs.com. Again, that's ansdocs.com. And again, I want to stress um, everyone to visit um, my Answers Live um, website, which is Answers Live NJ. AnswersLiveNJ.com. Keep visiting that website, listening to these shows over and over again. Um, I actually can see uh, people going on there and listening to them, and I'm getting such great comments from everybody, and I want to thank you again for all your comments and your suggestions, and I will bring you the show as long as I can to educate everyone on the great um, local community physicians we have and those medical questions that you might, um, might have. Again, remember, AnswersLiveNJ.com. Uh, Okay, today uh, I have another special guest, and we're going to be talking about another uh, interesting topic. I have Dr. A.J. Goyal. He is from the New Jersey Bariatric Center. Um, to visit his website, it's njbariatriccenter.com. Again, that's njbariatriccenter.com. His phone number there is 908 481 1270. I will repeat that number again later in the show. And again, if you want to call in and speak to Dr. Goyal today, the actual live call in number is 973 267 9687. So I'm going to say good morning to you, Dr. Goyal. Good morning, Tom. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, we're going to be discussing weight loss and bariatric surgery. So before we get into the show, just let our listeners know a little bit about your background and a little bit about your practice. Well, Tom, it's a pleasure to be here. Um, I started the practice approximately 10 years ago. I'm the founder of uh, NGA Bariatric Center. Uh, we uh, started the practice to uh, uh, help people with uh, weight loss issues, and we do both uh, weight loss surgery as well as uh, bariatric surgery, which we'll be talking about today. Um, we have four surgeons in our practice. Okay. Uh, we ha our main office is in Springfield, New Jersey, and I'm also the director of bariatric surgery at... Uh, Overlook Hospital. At Overlook Hospital. Okay, and where did you go to school? Where did you uh, train? I did a fellowship in laparoscopic uh, fellowship at okay. Westchester Medical Center, and there I got interested in uh, weight loss surgery, and it's one of the most rewarding uh, careers, uh, having seen people from all their medical conditions and right. resolving over time, and uh, it's very rewarding. Right, right. Um, getting into the topic, and, and thank you again, and to reach him again, his office number is 908-481-1270, and to speak to him today is 973 Two six seven nine six eight seven. Thank you for that. So I want to get into weight loss. Weight loss is a very touchy subject. 
Um, most Americans struggle with it every day. Um, we hear a lot about bariatric surgery, but I want to kind of start from basics. Um, when people say obesity, um, all of us have to lose 10 pounds, most everyone. But what is obesity? How do you know you actually are obese? Well, uh, there's a simple uh, uh, formula in uh, that that's hard to uh, do, but you can go to our website, uh, njbariatriccenter.com, okay. and it's called uh, Body Mass Index, which is BMI. And there's two numbers that we look at, uh, the weight and, and the height, and that's how we come up th with this number. And anybody over uh, BMI of 25 is considered obese. Okay. Uh, what we deal with is uh, morbidly obese patients who, uh, who qualify for surgery, mm -hmm. and that's about 100 pounds over your ideal body weight. Okay. So uh, getting into that, I guess I, I look around, and, and you, of course you see obese people, and I always wondered, how did that person get to that size? You're talking about morbidly obese. Is it genetics? Is it someone who just overeats constantly? And, and, and a lot of people always ask me questions, being in the medical field, how does someone become obese? Is it something that's hereditary? Is it just your dietary? And, and a lot of times I'll see a very obese person and you look at their family and their children are, are obese. Is there something with heredity? And how do, we, how do people get to that size? It's a well, big question, but yes, yes. if you can answer it simply, I guess. Yes. Yeah, so, you know, Obesity is multifactorial, and that's one of the things we tell our patients. It's not just one thing, as you mentioned. Uh, and one thing uh, that is uh, contributing to obesity is definitely genetics, and that's the only thing you can blame your parents for, okay. which is there's twin-twin studies that show that families uh, of overweight uh, parents have a lower metabolic rate. Besides that, everything is on you, uh, and there's social social conditions out there. Uh, there's uh, cultural issues, such as uh, how we eat, uh, how our busy lifestyle, we eat too fast, uh, fast foods. Uh, those are all us on us, and, and those are some of the things that we have to work on, and that's why, over time, people gain weight. Okay. Um, now, sitting here listening to you, and, and thankfully I'm not, but if I was morbidly obese, what triggers someone to know that? Is there a right time for someone to consider weight loss surgery? <clears throat> well, I think to consider weight loss surgery and in our patients who come to have surgery have thought about surgery for multiple years. Uh, it's not just they hear this program and tomorrow they come and call our office to have surgery. Right. Um, the reason for that, is, it's a very big undertaking. Uh, you have to be really prepared uh, to undergo such a big undertaking. Uh, lifestyle change, um, and there's a lot of components involved. But having said that, the prerequisite of having weight loss surgery is having, you have tried uh, uh, medical weight loss or just eating healthy, tried weight loss attempts, which you know for most of us works uh, short term. Right. Uh, but for morbidly obese patients who are over 100 pounds overweight, uh, their weight loss success with medical weight loss is about 1% long-term wow. weight loss. Wow. So it's, it's preparedness beforehand uh, is very important. Okay. Um, something you said that kind of triggered a, a question is, is, so someone is considering weight loss surgery. Um, you see on TV, they have The Biggest Loser, and, and we all watch that show, and we see these transformations, and hey, we don't have a physical trainer with us 24-7, we don't have a dietitian 24-7, and we're not on a TV show getting paid money to lose weight. So, um, but... When, when we're thinking about losing weight, and you said uh, metabolic, so your, your practice also helps people lose weight? Absolutely. We have uh, three full-time nutritionists working with us because I think long-term, surgery is a tool that just 
temporarily helps you. Uh, you still have to do the right things. You cannot have surgery and go to McDonald's or eat fast foods all the time and eat unhealthy, not exercise, do the right things. And, and with that, uh, those are some of the things that we talk about. And if you give me a moment, three of the biggest things that I talk about with our patients is, uh, that, that include is lifestyle changes. That's number one and the foremost thing. Uh, and right. over the last 10 years, I've found three big things that people can uh, start doing. Your viewers can start changing themselves to lose 5, 10, 15 pounds. And I think that's very important. And those are very simple. Everybody knows about them. They just not do them. Uh, number one is snacking. I see that people love snacking. They would eat uh, during a uh, day. Right. And when I ask my audience, when I give seminars, uh, everybody raises their hands right. with, uh, with that. So that's one thing. Uh, number two is liquid calories. Um, people just forget to look at liquid calories. You know, they forget to think liquid calories are actually a huge percentage of your weight gain. Your sodas, your fruit juices. Your, exactly. Right. And, and I tell people that, you know, any juice, uh, orange juice, apple juice, they're all healthy stuff, but they still come with them uh, as calories. Absolutely. And that adds to your weight gain. Right. Uh, and so those two things, plus eating slowly, uh, can really make someone lose weight. Right. And those are those. Thankfully, both my children are, are not overweight at all. I've been I was as a child. So, of course, I really fight with them not to. And I've done very well. And they drink water all the time. Never had soda in the house. And the snacking thing, of course, their kids, I still have to say, hey, hey, enough of that. Um, but it is true. So I just wanted to let everyone know that your practice, although you do bariatric surgery for morbidly obese, they can call your practice for assistance in weight loss um, also. Correct. So that's something I wanted to let everyone know. Now, let's get into the meat of it. And then I do want to talk about all the tips and stuff. Is um, Let's talk about, first of all, some of the major problems obesity causes for your health before we get into the surgery part. What are the major diseases that come from obesity? So I start this with saying, if anybody, have you ever watched uh, one of the smoking commercials that oh. were very common uh, five years ago, or even now? But They're very harsh right now, right. but yes. And smoking was the number one cause of death in this country. And now obesity has overtaken that really, oh, uh, as, as the number one cause of death in this country. And all those diseases that were associated with smoking are exactly the same problems that lead to, uh, uh, lead to medical problems with being, somebody being overweight. Okay. Those include uh, increased risk of uh, cardiovascular problems, heart disease, um, joint pains, uh, back problems, uh, heart disease, uh, which I said that already. Diabetes. Uh, diabetes. Okay. Sleep apnea. Sleep apnea is huge now. Yes. Right. And the cardiovascular is why. The, I mean, common sense, I guess, but for people listening is, you know, your heart is your heart is your heart. They say the size of your fist, and it has to push blood to your entire body. So I, how I was told is imagine it's, you know, pumping body to a normal body. Now it's something that's four or five times the size. It is working so hard. So I guess that's what it is. Eventually, it's going to get, it's going to wear out. Absolutely. Uh, for patients who are overweight, one of the common things we find in their uh, EKG, which is a heart monitor, is their left ventricle is enlarged. Uh, and that's a common thing. Because it's pushing so hard, it's Right. Getting so larger. that's a common thing. Inclu uh, you know, it includes liver disease, includes uh, every uh, medical problem you can think of. Okay. And um, jumping the gun, but after bariatric surgery, they come to you, it's successful. Most of these problems 
subside. I've heard so many people, um, even when they lose weight generally, they get off their blood pressure medications, they feel better, their cholesterol drops. So losing the weight sometimes will reverse all those medical problems. Yeah, that is very true, Tom. Um, Some statistics for you uh, that I I wrote down for you is one study in uh, New England Journal of Medicine, uh, it showed that 16,000 patients that were uh, studied they found a decrease in mortality by 40% by improvement in diabetes, high blood pressure, uh, sleep apnea. Uh, some additional statistics for you, which are very, very impressive, that is heart, high blood pressure uh, goes down by 70%, results are improved. Oh, dramatic. Diabetes, very important, is a metabolical, metabolic disease, and weight loss surgery is not a plastic surgery. Uh, it improves your, uh, your diabetes. In fact, I've seen people have their diabetes resolve after surgery within a week mm-hmm. uh, because of hormonal balance, by, uh, in, uh, improvement right. by 80%, 90%. Sleep apnea, again, by 90% improvement. Okay. Let's, let's start with the surgery because that's what a lot of people are, sure are turn, tuning in to hear about. Um, you know, you're at this morbidly obese stage. I'm coming to you. I'm walking into your office. You know, good morning, Dr. Way. I'm here to discuss. Take me through the whole, the whole session from the minute I meet you and explaining the types of surgeries, what I have to go through before the surgery, that, the whole gamut from when I, when I first see you. Well, you know. starting with the surgery, uh, I think there's three main surgeries that we talk about with our patients. And, and simply put, uh, they're divided into restrictive procedure, which is basically eating less food at one t- time, and malabsorptive procedure, which okay. is when you eat calories, if you're eating 1,000 calories, you're only absorbing 800 calories. So those are two kind of uh, general framework okay. for your viewers to understand. Okay. Restrictive is there's two procedures. There's band, uh, the gastric band, and the sleeve. Okay. The gastric band basically puts a band in the upper part of the stomach and makes the stomach, divides the stomach into two parts, a small size of an egg on top and the rest of the stomach, and puts a belt on it. So the opening through the, the belt is initially the size of a quarter. Okay. So what happens is over time when you're eating food, it uh, goes into your small upper stomach and, and slowly empties out. So your brain is fooled into thinking you're full, and that's how the band works. Okay. It's completely a restrictive procedure. So a band goes and kind of creates a second little stomach. Correct. That fills very quickly. So as you're eating, after maybe a couple bites of a sandwich, you're feeling full. You're feeling full. Correct. Okay. Correct. And all these surgeries are done laparoscopically with small incisions. Okay. Um, the sleeve, it's a newer procedure. It's been out for 10 years, but more commonly performed over the last four or five years. Um, it's, uh, it basically, what it does is makes your stomach into a banana shape. Uh, and we divide the rest of the stomach and take it out. So you reduce the amount of volume of your stomach from uh, by 80%. So your volume is about 20% left. Okay, and when so, you say you take it out, you actually physically, phys- surgically remove it? Correct, correct. Okay. You physically take it out of your body, and your stomach is long, uh, a pipe, uh, a banana-shaped. Okay. And so this does similar to what a band does, which is you're eating less food at a time, which is... Basically, patients are going to be eating four to six ounces at a time, okay. and they feel full. Okay. Now, how do you know when I'm, I'm sitting in front of you which surgery is better for me? Why would I get a band, or why would I get a sleeve? So <clears throat> it's a personal pr- preference. We are very aggressive in not um, uh, pushing people to one procedure versus other. What our job is to teach them, like we're doing now, what 
are the benefits, what are the risks, how the procedures just work. And over time, uh, over a couple of months, when we're seeing the patients, a couple of appointments, when we see the patients, we kind of give them information, idea for us to tell them, hey, do this or do that, because they're going to be living with that procedure. Right. So just to uh, finish up my thought on the, the sleeve, one additional thing it does, which the band doesn't do, um, is it decreases your hunger hormones. It metabolically changes how you eat. So you're actually less hungry. The band doesn't do that. That's the difference between the band and the sleeve. And you're less hungry because it removes that portion of the um, stomach that produces the chemical, I, right. I learned? Right. So there's ghrelin is ghrelin. a chemical. Right. And what that hap- what when you take out the stomach, uh, the studies have shown that that level of ghrelin levels go down and you're less hungry. Okay. Very, very interesting. I'm going to take a quick break, and we're going to come back. I'm going to really delve into this and pick your brain. I'll be right back. I'm Tom Wood of Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialists. Suffering from neck or back pain can truly disrupt your life. Every day, I hear of the stories of people whose lives have been devastated by nerve pain, but who are afraid to see a neurosurgeon. They're scared of surgery. But at Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialists, we make getting back to the life you want possible using a variety of minimally invasive treatments. Our group of specialists are among the best trained doctors in the state, the leaders in stroke and minimally invasive spine and brain tumor procedures, and we view surgery as the last option. Don't be afraid to end your pain. Trust Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialists. We have eight offices throughout New Jersey and are affiliated with most healthcare systems. Call 973-285-7800 or visit us at ansdocs.com. That's ansdocs.com. Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialist. We've truly got your back. Welcome back to Answers Live. I'm your host, Tom Wood, from Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialist, the largest subspecialized neurosurgical group in the state of New Jersey. This morning, I'm talking to Dr. A.J. Goyel from the New Jersey Bariatric Center. To reach him, it's 908 908- 481-1270. To jump right back into the show so we can cover everything I wanted to today, we were discussing uh, bariatric surgery and that there's three, there's a few types, but we're talking about three main types of surgery. We talked about the lap band, we talked about the sleeve, and what is the third type? So the third type is the bypass, and this is the one we talked about. You are re, uh, you're adding a component of malabsorption. Okay. So you make the stomach into small uh, uh, egg size shape and you divide the stomach. You leave the stomach in and you reroute the intestines where small intestines is where your calories are absorbed. So basically, uh, you're doing three things now. You're eating less food at a time, about four ounces at a time. You are less hungry because the ghrelins, the hormones that we talked about, hunger hormones go down with the bypass. And the third thing it adds is it adds a component of malabsorption. So you're eating less food. I mean, less. you're absorbing less calories. Excuse right. me. Right. Okay. So now hearing those three types... Um, you know, and I'm thinking about, say, I'm someone thinking about this surgery. You know, even to me, this is scary. I'm, I've been eating and, and, you know, kind of free to eat what I want. I know I need to do this, but I'm afraid. So I'm going to come to you now. Um, I know it's not as simple as walking in your office and saying, okay, I'm ready. And you're going, okay, which one? Pick one. Let's go. Explain to me a little bit of how this is going to work. It's- so we have a whole program. It's a multidisciplinary program. Uh, it's very important. Uh, to uh, undergo surgery because, as I said, surgery is a very small component. It involves nutritional components. So uh, every visit, uh, somebody sees a nutritionist to change their lifestyle, uh, to eat healthier. That's very important. Uh, number two, 
they need to see a psychologist, uh, not because uh, somebody is crazy, but as we talked about, there's a lot of components uh, of somebody eating. Uh, we all, every everything we do in our lives is about eating, whether we're sad, whether we're happy, whether we're uh, uh, have a, a Go great to a party, party, socialize. Everything yes. is. So we have to change the attitude, the ment- uh, mentally, uh, what's important in life. Uh, and, and we have uh, follow-up visits or regular follow-up visits. And last but not least, exercise. You know, we, we talk about exercise and we have people uh, join uh, some kind of a gym or we help them uh, with physical therapy if they cannot. Okay. Um, let's go through, because I know people who are listening are saying, well, surgery's scary. Even with us, we always say surgery's the last option with us. We do try everything non-surgical first. But surgery's scary. What are the risks of surgery? Let's start with the lap band. Um, <clears throat> lap band, with all surgeries, uh, the way we talk about in in our uh, seminar to our patients is that the risk of surgery uh, is actually less than not doing anything for one year. Exactly. And, and that's very important. To do nothing is worse, uh, regardless of surgery or not. So the, each procedure has a specific risk. But overall, I'm just going to cover as a general rule, uh, all surgeries have risk uh, risks. And the common risks uh, are include blood clots, uh, which is a, the number one cause of death. Uh, in this country with multiple procedures, whether it's orthopedic surgery, whether it's heart surgery, any kind of surgery. And uh, what, what, what we have to do is minimize these risks, um, whether it's heart arrhythmias uh, after surgeries. Uh, and one of the things we do is a major workup to make sure our patients are healthy before we do the surgery. Um, so, uh, for example, we have... Um, Patient, we uh, recently operated a husband and wife. They were 73, 74 years old, mm-hmm. and and uh, we did a whole workup on them, and we found that the husband actually had a heart blockage, wow. and and so we actually find a lot of medical problems on our patients before before we do weight loss surgery, and so that husband, uh, uh, a gentleman, went to undergo um, uh, stents, heart stents, and we operated on the, uh, him about three months later than his wife, and they did. Uh, well, doing very well. So, so I think uh, to decrease the risks, uh, uh, we have to uh, evaluate the patient and to make sure the patient is uh, the lowest risks for surgery. Okay. So, really, what it sounds like, it's really the same as if you were going in for any surgery. You know, risk of infection and bleeding and heart arrhythmia. But you're doing the pre pre surgery workups and you're really making sure they're safe prior to surgery. Um, as you're talking, I'm thinking. Um, I remember years ago when this first came out. Um, some people were too heavy to have the surgery because the tables were too. Is is there a size that's too big? Do you do you require patients at a certain weight? Is a certain weight too heavy to have the surgery? Uh, no, I don't think. Uh, you know, we've been doing the surgery for ten years now, uh, and I think um, there's no high weight that we call that you can't have surgery. Okay. However, given that we do, uh, depending on your weight, we definitely have people lose a little bit of weight uh, before surgery. Okay. If you lose weight before surgery, your heart um, uh, gets improved uh, function-wise, uh, your liver and spleen shrink, so you can operate a little bit easier. Okay. Um, after the surgery, are there certain foods that, you know, you're just not able to eat anymore? So, you know, most of our patients uh, have this sense that, Surgery is going to make them not eat food. They're going to be eating n- not their usual food. They're going to give up their food. Having That is true only in the sense that, yes, the quantity is going to go down, 
But 90%, 95% of the foods that you eat today, you're going to be able to eat after surgery. There's just a few things that have people have problems with, which are just consistency of food. If something is very, very hard, such as a very well-done steak, uh, it's going to be hard to go through that small stomach. So we right. tell people to chew the food very well and maybe get a little bit uh, like a filet. Uh, something softer. Softer, or, yeah. Or a, mm-hmm. a, better, a better type of meat, so to speak. Um, th- yeah, that was the big question because, like you said, food is so social and, and, and people want to just continue their life. Um, talking about a little bit about a lap band, I want to bring it up because um, actually my nephew had it very, very successful um, with him. But I had an, a, another acquaintance that had the lap band and did very, very well. But after a while, I noticed she started gaining weight again. So th- with the lap band, um, I think that's one of the more popular, the people I've been talking to. Um, are there failures with it? And can you overeat with this type of surgery? Absolutely, you can. Okay. And that's why the lifestyle modification comes in. All procedures are, uh, can you can eat through all procedures. Okay. And, that, and that's one of the reasons uh, we make people uh, change their lifestyle, uh, think of what's going to fit them well. So if somebody's a sweet eater, somebody who uh, snacks a lot, lap band is not going to be the right procedure for them because they're going to eat through it much more quickly. Right. Uh, and you can drink uh, milkshakes 20 times a day. Exactly, right. exactly. I see that. So, so that's that's why uh, people weight loss. What I tell people is weight loss surgery is the best uh, surgery uh, for losing long term weight loss. Is uh, the best uh, treatment option, right. but it's not hundred percent successful. It's maybe seventy five percent successful. The reason for that is people uh, go back to their regular habits. Okay. Um, before the show, you and I were talking about weight loss, and I'm always interested in stuff. And something that you said kind of, kind of hit me, and I was very impressed by your practice with this. Is you're saying that you don't just do the surgery, and then the patient is not your patient. You said that these patients become your patients for life, um, and that was very impressive to me. And I want everyone and the listeners kind of understand that. Uh, why is that? It's because you really care about them, and you and it's a, it's a it's a partnership you're developing, right? Absolutely. Actually, we have them sign a contract. If they're going to have surgery with us, they need to follow with us for life. doesn't mean you're going to come uh, uh, regularly every, once a week. Once a week right, right, right. But uh, they have to come once a month, uh, once, actually once initially for uh, the first year. And after that, they come once a year. Uh, it's like any other disease, uh, whether you have high blood pressure or diabetes. You want to be followed for, uh, for long term. Uh, it doesn't go away. Uh, Medicare actually recently uh, made morbid obesity a disease, right. uh, which basically means that uh, it's not going to go away. Even weight loss surgery it doesn't make it go away. It curtails it, makes you uh, healthier. And for that reason, I think follow-up is very important. Okay. Um, a question I'm sure in, in, in some people's minds is how likely is it that they'll regain weight after surgery? And I think you kind of answered that is you can eat through your surgeries. Um, and is that really the only really the only way to fail at this is that you don't listen to what you're telling your patients and they just don't eat correctly? I think majority of times if you change your lifestyle, if you do the right things, uh, you're going to be very, very successful. Having said that, people who don't follow up, they think they're invincible once the surgery is done, uh, tend to uh, go back to their old habits, eating fast food, eating quickly, snacking. And those things lead to people gaining weight. And there are procedures out there where where there's a band who fails and we can convert it to a sleeve uh, to people to go back to to improve their uh, way of uh, living. Living and eating. Eating. 
Right. Um, again, I mean, we're getting close to the end, but I still want a couple more questions with you. Is, is someone who dramatically has this weight loss, and we've seen it, and I hate to keep bringing it up like the biggest loser, but that's someone people can visualize what people were and what they can get to. Um, that's got to play a huge role psychologically on the patients, and you support them through that, going from morbid obesity to looking you know, uh, good again. Um, I know just from losing weight too, when you're, especially when you're older, the skin is not cooperative. What do you do for that? And, and do you help patients with that issue? Also, I know you're not plastics, but how does that work? Someone now who loses weight has all this loose skin and sometimes that's, that's even a burden on them. So what happens with that? Well, it depends on what age you are. Uh, skin is like a rubber band. Um, you, um, if you're uh, older, you have less elasticity. Uh, it also depends on how much you've stretched a rubber band, what, how much weight you have. Mm -hmm. So given those two things, uh, most uh, of the patient's skin does get better. You exercise, you eat healthy, those things get better. But there are going to be some people who are going to have some excess skin. And those things, uh, we can help them with uh, uh, finding the right uh, plastic surgeon or uh, take the skin or, and fat to help them. Right. Uh, but majority of our patients actually are more uh, uh, pleased uh, with the fact that um, their day-to-day -day lifestyle is improved. Whether uh, And those are the most important things, whether they can tie their laces, uh, they can go on an airplane, uh, uh, go on a roller coaster. Those are things that they're uh, is important. Play with their children again yes. And, yes. And, and go on V, and, that, and that's, that's key. Um, I really, I want to thank you again um, for coming on the show. I think we've really touched base on such important uh, information. Um, if you need more information on the bariatric surgery or Dr. Goyal, again, um, his website is New Jersey Bariatric Center. Um, it's NewJerseyBariatricCenter.com. Uh, please give his office a call at 908 uh, 481-1270. Even if you're not ready for that surgery, give his office a call and just, you know, talk to them. They're, they'll counsel you on and give you that advice on maybe where to go from this point. Um, he also does um, work with you for your metabolic, not just the surgery, to help lose weight. Um, we're probably going to have Dr. Goyal back in, in, in a couple weeks or months to talk about that for people who are not necessarily ready for the surgery but ready to lose weight. Um, and maybe you can uh, work with his nutritionist and, and get healthier. Uh, again, that's the option of the show um, that we're bringing to you. Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialist is always big on educating the community, not just on neurosurgery and what um, we can do to help you there, but on health in general. So again, thank you all for listening. I'm Tom from Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialist, and I will talk to you next week on another great show. Have a wonderful day. Join us again next week for Answers Live, your community medical connection, making a partnership of good health. The preceding program was paid for by Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialists. The views and opinions expressed on Answers Live are not necessarily those of the staff and management of the station. Management has not investigated the claims made during this program. The views and medical recommendations of guests on Answers Live are not necessarily those of Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialists. As always, consult your health professional regarding any medical decision.